All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, the Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. We're talking week two in Sons of Fantasy Football League this week. Joining me from the Seawolves, the 1-0 Seawolves, Phil Bruce. How's it going, Phil? 1-0, off to a great start. Feeling great. Happy to be invited back this week. Uh, I didn't get a chance to tune in, uh, but I, I'm sure last week was great. But lo- looking forward to the rest of the season. And joining us, one or no teams, is the oh and one take your ball and go home and Shane Stein. How's it going, Stein? It's great to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Um, not a whole lot of positive to look forward to in the T-back season, so I just got to look forward to the podcast. I guess it's always always great to be here with you guys. Well. I'm happy to have you on because you're another year wiser after this week. Happy belated. Thank you. Thank you. 33? Yep. Yep. Turned 33 on Monday. Happy belated. Thank you. Thank you. 33 is a good number. Sure is. One of the most offensively prolific catchers in Albright history wore 33. (laughs) Evan Wasserman wore 33. (laughs) Bulls, Bulls going to be offended by that because uh, he was a lot better than me. But uh, can't take the sophomore and junior years away from me. They're they're etched, they're etched in history. Was it back to back three hundo seasons? I don't remember. Yeah, back to back three hundos and uh, junior year. I was like nationally ranked for striking out the least amount of times. Nice. Yeah, it was like top top fifty in Division Three. Uh, I've also had a lot of great memories at Albright, so <laughs> bring, bring, bring me back. Yeah, let's bring me back. They're they're for not the podcast, okay? Family podcast, yes. family podcast. Yes. Come on, guys. Yeah, <laughs> tighten this up. <laughs> All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk week one a little bit here, quick. Let's recap. Um, we had myself, we had Papa Kaz, and we had the flock. Win on the one half of the ledger. Then we had the um, Wolves, Ice Cream, and Franchise went on the other side. Um, did anything in particular stand out to you guys in week one? Um, kind of disappointed in Bulls team effort. Thought he was going to put up a better better score week one. Um, we talked about him possibly pulling off the upset, but his team really just didn't show up. I mean, Kittle didn't do much for him. Um, well, he Keenan Allen. Yeah, he got hurt. Keenan Allen didn't do much. Uh, didn't get much out of his receiving quarter as a whole. So that was disappointing. Um, Spurs' team was good, just like we thought. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't know if there was a whole lot of surprises. Thought uh, a lot of the good teams won. Yeah, Papa Kaz's team had a nice week. That was a nice little, uh, nice little surprise. He had one of the top scorers of the week. Yep. And Getty talked about his team being sneaky good this year, and so far it looks so far so good. Yeah, injury bugs gonna bite him a little bit. Um, but what about you, Phil? What was your week one takeaways? Uh, I, I, I was just watching the game Monday night. And the uh, the matchup that Daniel Jones had, and, and Daniel Jones has a really tough start to the season. I, I forget who he's playing this week. We're going to get I mean, into I mean, that. It, don't don't spoil it. We're going to get into that. Oh, all right. Well, I, I just wanted to say, 
despite the tough matchup, he still got almost 20 out of Daniel Jones in, in week one. It, it, it's just such a scary team. CEH, Kamara. Uh, I mean, his his team is freaking, it's loaded. And he's he's got to be the division front runner. And if he can get through this tough stretch with Daniel Jones and, and get a few wins out of it, then, man, the, 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 the ceiling is... It's incredible for ice cream. Um, I, I guess the, the other one I want to just touch on was uh, my matchup with, with, with Eddie, and uh, you know ended up being pretty close. And you know the the, the one o'clock games, the four o'clock games, and when I was watching it, I didn't think I was going to have any type of chance at all, just based on how my team was performing. And then we had a, a, a nice little turnaround. But with Michael Thomas going out, that that's going to be really, really difficult for, for him to overcome rest of you know the, the next three or four weeks or however long he stays out. But uh, overall, a pretty good week one. It, it was a lot of what we expected. A lot of the really good players had really good weeks and, and scored touchdowns and some disappointments out of others. But what about the, the Steelers' comeback and, and, and Juju looking like what we thought he could last year, actually having a competent QB. I thought that was pretty cool to watch. Yeah, they look good. And, uh, it's pretty easy to look good against the Giants' defense, but you have to be encouraged if you uh, own any shares of the Steelers. What do you think, Cos? That was me. I just... No, I mean, any other takeaways? Oh, 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 sorry. Well, I was encouraged by my squad, obviously. Um coming out and putting up 112 was uh, a little better than I expected. Um, and especially leaving 42 points on my bench with Malcolm Brown and Sammy Watkins. Um, that made me made me pleased. Um, I thought the flock had a nice start to their Sons of Fantasy football uh, campaign. Uh, the Mad Dogs, I think, were a little better than I expected. They had a good week, um, even though they lost. If they can figure out the running back position, that could be a scary squad. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff I want to unpack there, but I, I won't spoil anything for the matchups. And, uh, yeah, I just thought I thought the games were relatively competitive, except for the fact that, yet again, uh, and I love this guy, but Brandon Sure, your team just continued to no-show. So... <laughs> the matter yeah, there's, some, keeps. The matter there's some concern there. There's some concern there. Yeah. Um, I mean, come out of week one... Obviously, I'm putting up 78 points. Disappointing, but I mean, Le'Veon Bell, Hurt, um, Nick Chubb. I mean, looking like... I mean, I, I still think we all think Chubb's going to be all right, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to be what we have him up to be. Um, and then the, the Gronk, absolute no-show. Didn't really look like he was involved in the offense much. There's uh, There's some question marks on that squad. Yeah, and that leads into waivers because Gronk got cut. Uh, that was one of many moves this week. There was a lot of action on the early waiver wire. Um, I put in some uh, respect courtesy bids on Naheem Hines and Paris Campbell just because I thought those guys needed to be bid on, but I knew I wasn't going to be in the ballpark to get them. It was just like more, hey, I'm going to throw some money on these guys in case everyone forgets that we're playing fantasy football in the middle of the <laughs> pandemic. Um, so we had Gronk cut. 
Uh, Paris Campbell went to Papa Cause for eleven dollars. Uh, Dallas Goddard went for twenty to the franchise. I thought that was um, an interesting move. Not necessarily a bad move. Just thought that was really aggressive. Um, and then the big one was <clears throat> sure replacing Le'Veon Bell with Naheem Hines for sixty three dollars. So, those were the big ones. Papa Cause also added Adrian Peterson today for $4. Thought that was a, a nice little buy. Um, what did you guys think? I personally had some conversations with uh, Tyler about Naheem Hines. I thought, I mean, obviously getting Hines with Mac out is a big addition. And there was, I mean, his usage was better than expected. They used him in the red zone, passing game. Um, he almost had that Austin Eckler-ish role of the Phil Rivers offense. Um, but for me, this early in the season and all the unknowns of COVID and all that stuff, I couldn't justify really putting a big bid in like that in case any of my actual players were to go down. Uh, I want to be able to have that money to potentially replace them. So uh, I just thought it was a little early for me to get in that high, but... Uh, sure, obviously, as you alluded to, Shane has some holes that he needed to plug. Yeah, I think I put in, a, I want to say it was like a $16 bid or so on Heinz or somewhere around there. Um, I I thought about going a little bigger, but I mean, obviously, I wasn't going to be in the ballpark of 63. I'm a little shocked at, at how high sure went. Um, I don't know that we've ever seen a player go that high early in the season. We usually see the maybe like the 30 dollars range, somewhere in that range. Um, for week one players for buys. Yeah, your um, Phil, your uh, your Phil Lindsay bid I think a couple years ago was one of the higher week one ones that we've seen. Yeah. And I think that was only still in the thirties. In what the thirties? Mm-hmm. Third high thirties maybe. Um Yeah, we really don't see the bigger ones until if there's a catastrophic something at the end of the year. Um I know the D'Angelo Williams week year one was probably my biggest. I think I went like 81 or something. Um, but yeah, he, he obviously had a need. Um, he, he seems like he's, he's at least going to be a, a flex-worthy play here for, for a while, I, I would think, and maybe for the rest of the year. So could be a really good buy. Am I seeing this right, that Benny Snell got dropped before week one? Yeah, I think my dad dropped him. I forget who to pick up, but... Uh, Ed pounced on that right away. So yeah, Scotty Scotty Miller. Yeah, and then my dad dropped Scotty Miller to pick up Matt Ryan, I believe. Um, but yeah. No, uh, well, I yeah, well, I mean, good for Eddie, but um, I'm surprised by that. Uh, Hines, I, I think there were some question marks with Mac and and Jonathan Taylor of what was going to happen, and then. Just Philip Rivers targeting running backs. I mean, twenty-five to thirty-five percent of his targets are going to go to running backs, that, no matter what offense he's in. And then with Mac going down, Hines was a, a high priority ad in half PPR. I, I I totally agree with being aggressive. I don't I don't know if sixty-three necessarily that aggressive, but uh, I mean I I could have easily stomached thirty, thirty-five, forty that kind of range if I was sure. What, what was the second high bid? Did you see that? It was 50 by, by I think, Fegley. So, I mean, 63 in that sense was 
you know, I think reasonable in order to get the job done. I mean, he needed to go yeah. that high if he wanted to get him. So that at least, he has to feel good about that, that he really didn't blow significant money in order to get the player. Yeah. Oh, and Carson Wentz got dropped. Look at that. Yeah, I, um, Rankin didn't want to draft him. That was, he told me that after the draft. That was, He threw, he was trying to get Spears down and we had talked <clears throat> um on the way to the draft about how Troy notoriously bids on quarterbacks and doesn't let people get quarterbacks for a dollar. So, um, Rankin threw Wentz out there for one, thinking Spears might jump on that for two, but he didn't bite, so he kind of got stuck with him. So that was, he was cut bait. Uh, I, I still think for a dollar, it's not... I mean, either way, I don't, I don't, I don't know what his schedule looks like. You're you're not going to play him over Dak, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're not. Yeah, uh, we'll see how Hines works out. I I think it's uh I was like I said I was encouraged by the, by the usage. I think he's likely to get close to ten touches a game, and if you can get a running back, in what should be a decent offense, uh, to get, ten touches, I think it's it's worth it. Um, especially if you have concerns and you lost a running back. Like he did with Lev Bell, because who knows when they'll come back now. Um, anything on Goddard or Paris Campbell? I thought Goddard was a good buy. I had a had a bid in for him. Um, I think it was. Uh, I don't remember where I put it in for him, but I put in a, a decent bid in. Um, I think what we saw is Goddard is. I don't want to say as good as Ertz, but with teams locking in on Ertz, he's a very viable option in that offense, and, and Wentz loves throwing, him, throwing it to him. Um, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people watched that Eagles-Redskins game because it was, it was the one game that was on TV at that time for local games. Um, Goddard seems like a pretty good pretty good player, and he seems like he's open a lot because their defense was keying in on Ertz pretty much the whole game. So um, I'm, I'm fine with the bye. I think Goddard is... Slated in for me in the seven to ten range in the tight end landscape, so <clears throat> gotta be gotta be owned. It's always uh, yeah. It's always encouraging, I think, when you see a Goddard and Ertz play together, and you never really know which one caught the pass until they get up. And <laughs> you know, True. so that speaks volumes about Goddard's talent level. That you know, you really can't tell if it's him or Ertz. They play very similarly. Yeah, and, and I think there's some question marks around Ertz's contract moving forward and how he's getting treated in Philadelphia. So I, I don't, I don't think he's very happy right now. I Eagles run a lot of two tight end sets. Goddard gets a lot of looks. I, I, I like the buy, especially a position like tight end that is so volatile week over week. Um, Paris Campbell, look, I mean, the, 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 there's there's upside there. I, 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 I think he's solid, but out of the two, I like Goddard as a better solid buy. Nick Chubb touchdown, so uh-huh. that's a good start to the week for Park. Happy I'm not playing him. And my, my other two fantasy teams, which I actually own Nick Chubb on, so. You've been high on Chubb for a while. Yeah, I have. Gotta love those Georgia Bulldogs. All right, let's get into the week two matchups. We'll start off with uh, T-Bag versus the Dogs. Get this one out of the way early here. 
Um, what are your guys? Not close. <laughs> what are your expectations for Miles Sanders this week after not playing in Week One, which was to me kind of a surprise? But then I talked to some Eagles fans who said, "Yeah, there were real concerns about him actually playing." Tough, tough matchup. That uh, Rams defense showed out a little bit on Sunday night. I was, as a Rams fan, I was encouraged by that. I mean, left a little bit to be desired for my boy Jared Goff, but uh, Ramsey and Donald were stars on Sunday night. That was that was fun. Yeah, I, I think Sanders gets back to getting a pretty full workload here. I'm not that concerned. Um, I guess that the one encouraging thing I will say is one, um, the Rams are on the road. And two, I mean, I know Elliott's a stud running back, but he was able to eat a little bit on against the Rams defense last week. So, I mean, there, there's points to be had from the running back position. Um, I would temper my expectations, but I, I think it's a double-digit performance. I would say roughly around 12 to 13 points for, for Sanders. Yeah, I, I think my concern is just more with the, the, the Eagles in general and if they're not a good football team. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they just real. got they just got pounded by the Redskins after going up what ten nothing or ten three or seventeen seventeen yeah I mean there's not a whole lot to be positive about there and if they're in a lot of negative game scripts is that going to translate to to more targets for for Miles Sanders out of the backfield or is that going to target to more targets for Boston Scott or or, or, or somebody else I, I don't I don't know but. I still think Sanders is 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 an RB one. Uh, it it doesn't take a whole lot to get there, and just the amount of carries he'll get in that offense, and the amount of touches uh, twelve to thirteen this week is is definitely a, a reasonable expectation. Yeah, I think that's probably reasonable as well, just in terms of passing volume. I mean, he can get to twelve or thirteen without getting in the end zone, and if he falls in the end zone, you're looking at a possible twenty point week. So. Um, definitely reasonable. I think that's that's in play, uh, just like you said, because <clears throat> for me, that Eagles team leaves a lot to be desired offensively. Yeah, people around here are, um, you know, they're, they're right now they're all lining up on the Ben Franklin Bridge. So this this team better better pull something out of their ass the next few weeks because there's not a whole lot to be hopeful for. They're done with Wentz. The fans are done with Wentz. I can't... It's, I, I, incredible. it's crazy. They all want Foles to get re-signed. Yeah, that's just absurd. Um, <laughs> Alright, let's talk about the dogs. Uh, we talked a little bit about Michael Thomas being out for the foreseeable future. What kind of a boost does that provide, if any, to Emmanuel Sanders? We saw... Only, I think, three catches for Sanders in week one. One of them, uh, he broke a tackle and was able to fall in the end zone to save what would have been a pretty pedestrian week. But, uh, you know, there should be some increased targets for Sanders. Obviously, I think Kamara gets the largest boost of Thomas being out. Um, Maybe even Latavius Murray if they have to split Kamara out a little bit. But uh, what do you guys think about Sanders? Yeah, I'm in on Sanders. Um, love him. Usually, usually own him in at least one league every year. Um, this is only going to boost his stock a little bit. I mean, targets should definitely go up. Um, I would, I would pencil Sanders in for a, for a nice seven catch, eight catch game this week. 
you don't see a lot of guys on draft day handcuff the wide receiver position, but in this case, I think it's going to work out really well in your favor. I, I love Sanders this week. Uh, with Michael Thomas out, clear number one, the only guy that, that, that really has a respectable track history, um, despite having a, a an okay performance last week, I, I think for the next however many weeks Michael Thomas is out, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is a solid R wide receiver too. Who handcuffed the receiver position? You didn't by by drafting <laughs> the Saints number two wide receiver. It was it was just a joke. Oh, all right. relax. I missed relax. That. No, I just I I didn't know if you thought I had Michael Thomas. No. <clears throat> All right, um, I'll take the dogs. No reason not to. Yeah, trying to make an argument for my team here, and there's really not one. So it's the dogs, and it's, it's not relatively close. I, I, I think it's close, but um, yeah, tea bag is <coughs> gets sent home unsatisfied. The the case is that Watson has a miserable game against Baltimore. That's the case. Yeah, yeah. but look, I mean, look at your other matchups with McCaffrey and, and I don't know. You you want to talk about Mozart for a second? I feel like that sure. guy went for such a value at the draft. Had a great week last week. I think he'll have a great week <clears throat> this week against the Jets. But to me, he's a he's a pretty good sell high candidate. I don't I don't think he can keep it up over the full course of a season. So second half of the year, I, I I'd be looking to move him um, and, and see if he can get somebody else in his place. I'm all in on Mo- Mostert. I think he's going to be a nice player for the whole season. So okay. All right, game two: Patriots versus Clan. Uh, what would you guys do in the flex too if you were Papa Caused? He's had two new acquisitions to consider. I think Carryon Johnson's probably on his way out of the the Patriots lineup. So would you use uh, Paris Campbell or the Fountain of Youth Adrian Peterson? Uh, and do you feel good about either option? <laughs> I guess I should throw in the way the way Shane just I, groaned. That that answer is no, but. <laughs> I I might consider Lat Murray. <laughs> yeah. Um, got 15 carries week one against a pretty good run defense. Didn't do much with it, but 15 carries is 15 carries. So they're going to give the give the guy 15 touches back there. That that seems like it's suitable for a flex two spot, right? Yeah. Against what should be a weaker defense than what he saw last week, and like we said earlier, Michael Thomas out. Yeah, I didn't really consider that, but you sold me. I'm I'm in on that. <clears throat> I think that's where I'd go. It's just so clear with his other positions. Um, yes. Yeah, he's got a pretty solid squad outside of that one spot. That one spot is where... I mean, I'm I'm surprised Darrell Williams is even rostered, and I was just looking at the waiver wire. There's not much else out there. You have <laughs> but, to. You have to. Williams needs to be on a team. You think so? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was like the my one of my other leagues. I got a notification saying that he was the most dropped fantasy player after week one. 
Well, that's just an overreaction to how good Hilaire was, but and I, I would imagine maybe in a ten team league, maybe you don't need to own Darrell Williams, but he needs to be yeah. owned in our league. Um, <laughs> but to, to answer your question, I, I think I leave a flyer out there with Campbell and see what happens. Um, no, no real reasoning behind it other than just a, a, a gut feeling, which means you know probably go the other way. Yeah, Cam, I, I mean, Campbell had some targets. He, he had a lot of hype last year. I think, uh, you know, Rivers is going to probably throw a lot of intermediate to short passes. Um, and Campbell should eat some of them up. So I, th- I think it would be Murray and Campbell as 1A, 1B, and then uh, Peterson probably a distant two. Um, although Peterson ran for 90 yards last week and even got some passing work. I just, I can't get in on that. I, I feel like that's not something you want to really be battling every week. <clears throat> uh, juicy matchup for the clan with uh, his his great combo of Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Uh, the Chargers defense, I l- believe, leaves something to be desired. And uh, we saw Mahomes and Hill not really go off in week one like they normally do. So I'm putting an over-under on that combo at 47 and a half this week. Over or under? I'm going to take the over. Um, last week, I feel like they were, what did you say, 47 and a half? Yeah. Yep, that's way over. Last week, they were only they were just under 40 and didn't really do much. Only five catches for Hill, so... Got a pencil Mahomes in for that close to 30 range, and I think Hill gets to 20, so I'll take the over. Mahomes is going to pop and almost get to 47 just by himself. I have him in my projections uh, around 38, 39 this week. Tyreek Hill catches a touchdown, 80 yards. Uh, I'm well over the 47 just right there. Man, I I was going to put 50, and I didn't think you guys would bite, so I am... Not good at line setting. No, I think that's... (laughs) You thought that was a good line, Shane? Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair line. I mean, that's that's not easy to get to. You you got to guarantee that pretty much a touchdown from Hill to get there. I mean, mean, I'm not saying Mahomes can't do it by himself. Obviously, he can. But, I mean, you got to figure in that Mahomes or Hill has to get at least... 15 points, right? Yes. I, I Yeah, I was thinking like to be, to be 30, 30 and 17 and a half is what, how it kind of broke that down. All right, who wins? Patriots versus Clan. Uh, I don't really love the matchup for the Patriots this week. Um, like I said last week, and I still haven't gotten my, yes, Shane, you were right. The Washington defense is for real. Um, they're really, really, really good. You guys all laughed at me. No, no one laughed they, at you. No one laughed at they, you. They are for real. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Murray trade combo with the Pats, but I think I'm going to take, they're going to have just enough, just enough to win a really low scoring game. Yeah, I, yeah, as I said last week, I also think the Washington defense is for real. Um, so I'm not loving the Kyler Murray 
Kenyon Drake combo. Um, and just for that fact, I'm going to take the clan. This is tough. Um, clan's got two players going tonight, Landry and uh, Tyler Boyd. And I didn't really think highly of either of those players in this matchup. Didn't really consider them for my single-game Fanduel lineup. Um, if my dad can hold those two guys to under 20 points tonight, I think that gives him a real shot in this one. I'm definitely concerned about the Mahomes-Hill combo. Um, Fournette's a real question mark right now for the clan. That's a big spot to be kind of let down on. Um, yep. I'll take the Patriots, though. I think I think my dad gets the 2-0. A well-deserved 2-0. It's been a little while since uh, my dad was happy being in this league, so I'm, I'm hoping he can pull one out. Well-deserved 2-0. Well, no, no, one works, no one works harder than him at, at this, so. <laughs> Except for his son, but that's fine. Uh, Mad Dogs versus the Flock. Rounding out, rounding out the divisional matchups. Um, this is going to sound silly, but hear me out. I, ha- I had my concerns about DeAndre Hopkins coming into this year. Um, just with the talent around him, uh, I thought, you know, Fitzgerald and Kirk would, would eat up some of his targets OBJ! there. OBJ! Woo! Are you, are you done? <laughs> I'm all finished. Sorry about that. All right. Uh, so I had my concerns about Hopkins coming into this year in a new system with a lot of weapons around him. Uh, he was absolutely incredible last week. Um, is he able, obviously, not keep this up where he's going for 11 for 150, you know, in a score every week, but um, locked and loaded top five receiver rest of the year? What do you guys think? Yep. Sure is. Um, perfect fit for him. It perfect really was. Fits. It was perfect. He looked like Fitzgerald when he used to be that guy. Yeah, it's just a perfect fit. I mean, they have the right pieces. They have the mobile quarterback who can get outside and make plays, give him time to get open. They have Fitzgerald who is a do-it-all receiver as far as willing to block, willing to run the short, tough, intermediate routes. Hopkins can do his thing on the outside. Um it's just a perfect fit. He's going to be dominant all year. And you still have to respect Kirk on the other side as well. Correct. OBJ down at the half-yard line as well. So. God damn it. Wow. I don't deserve this. <laughs> good things happen to good people. I don't deserve... So. This is ridiculous. I don't deserve this. Wow, that's real close. Um, you can you can fire off Hopkins as a top end wide receiver one every week, rest of the way. Yeah, that's a that's a big addition for the Mad Dogs. Him and Devontae Adams are going to be a problem all year long for teams yep. playing against them. If they can figure out their running back two spot, my God, that, that's a that's a dangerous team. Yes. Um. What what about RB one spot? You just glossing over that. I mean, I feel like Eckler's a, a decent. Decent play at RB one now. Um, I think you're thinking of you're thinking of Josh Kelly. <laughs> yeah, there were uh, that was definitely that was a little disheartening if you were an Eckler guy. Uh, yes, last week. Yeah, I, I mean with Philip Rivers out of there, he's not getting the looks in the passing game anymore. 
and they were trusting Josh Kelly at the goal line. So if you're an Eckler owner, I think you've got to be panicking a little bit. And, I mean, not even in the conversation of, hey, he's not an Based on that usage, he's not an RB1 anymore. He, he's a borderline RB2. I, I, I'd be panicking a little bit. It'll the other thing that crossed my mind with the Chargers is how how long are we realistically going to see Tyrod Taylor quarterback? I mean, that that needs to change pretty quickly, in my opinion. And it's time yeah. to see if Herbert's actually your guy. It's, yeah, but I, if I'm looking at this roster, RB one and RB two are pretty significant holes in this league. Yes. Um. Yes, I'm stacked at wide receiver. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the rest of it. Antonio Gibson, may, maybe when Damian Harris comes back from IR, there's something there, but you got to flip one of those guys. you you, you got to get an RB1. Yeah, just to touch on what you said, because, I mean, I was watching, following along with that game last week, um, and it was just, I was, like, watching, I'm like, how is Tyrod Taylor, like, a starting quarterback in this league. Like it was, I felt like he was just putting up such a typical Tyrod Taylor game, like completing about 50% of his passes for no yardage and no scores, like not doing anything. And it's just like, why did it, why does this guy keep getting shots? I don't, I don't know. Cause he's a good, like, he's a good locker room guy. Who's not going to lose you a football game. He's just not going to yeah, win. Yeah. He's a, I guess he's a good bridge for a team like that. Waiting for a, they're, Holy they're, shit! They gave him a touchdown kick or whatever to, to come in, but <coughs> yeah, it's, it's it's only a matter of time. That, that, he was uh, definitely down. Yeah, he was down at the half yard line for right. sure, and they gave him a touchdown. Correct. The the talent around Herbert too. I mean, that's a good enough supporting cast that I wouldn't be worried about putting him out there. So yeah. All right. Here's uh. Here's my statement, and you guys can comment on it. It's not really a question for the flock. In my opinion, Marlon Mack going down last week will end up being one of the biggest fantasy storylines in our league this year. Uh, basically springboarding Jonathan Taylor into what my, in my opinion, what is a end-of-season top 10 running back uh, for the rest of the year. And that is a huge, huge win for the flock. Bold. It's bold. Um, you said top 10? I think Taylor, from week two on, will be a top 10 running back in our league. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fully believer that Naheem Hines is going to be able to carry a huge workload and, and do a whole lot as far as carrying the ball that many times. So i got to think Taylor's production goes way up. So... Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with right around the the nine ten range. I don't I don't know if it's all that bold, but I I, I agree with it a hundred percent. Top ten is, is probably right exactly where I would say he is. Rest of season, definitely RB one territory. Uh, I, I mean, the sky's the limit on 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 Jonathan Taylor. Having him and Josh Jacobs on the squad. Uh, I mean that's that's super solid. Uh, it, 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 it's weird looking at this and seeing it's like the polar opposite of of, of, of mixed team, but um, 
yeah, those, those spots are locked up for sure. I love Jonathan Taylor rest of the season, even with Hines in the mix. I, Hines is a change of pace back. Jonathan Taylor is the guy. Thank uh, you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read off some names for you, cause and I guess that's where we're gonna have to figure out if he's able to get top ten. But here, I'll read off some names and you tell me who he's gonna beat. Okay. Josh Jacobs. Uh, so that was that was gonna be my other statement, and I forgot about it until Phil brought him up. I texted Eddie this, and I said, watching Josh Jacobs play last week, um, he's gonna vault himself into the top five running backs drafted in redraft next year. He's gonna he's gonna vault himself into the Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, Elliott conversation. Stop it. Do yeah. not overreact over a one-on-one <coughs> performance against I, the worst defense in the NFL. I don't think he that's an, an overreaction RB, he, at all. He's an RB1, but he is not in that elite tier of guys. Come on. I think he arguably could have been there after last season if he didn't get hurt at the end of the year. That dude is for real. And that's a good offense. All right, so I'm, I'm reading off names. Josh Jacobs, so we don't think he's going to beat him. No. That's one. I'll take Jacobs. Christian, McCaff- Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I, I like McCaffrey, I think, a little better than Taylor the rest of the year. Got it. Zeke Elliott. Um, nope. That's close, but I'll close. take Zeke. Okay. All right. Um, Chris Carson. I'll take, yep. I'll take uh, Taylor. Okay. Dalvin Cook. No. Um, it that's hard. If they all play sixteen games, I guess I would take Cook. Okay, Kamara. Kamara, yeah, I'll take Kamara. Okay, Hilaire. Uh, you have to take Hilaire right now, so I'm running out of room here. Derrick Henry. I will take Taylor in that in that conversation. Oh my God. Okay. All right. So that's Aaron Jones. I'll take Taylor in that one as well. Henry, I like Henry better than Jones. Okay. Um, Todd Gurley. I will take Taylor. Okay. Um, Saquon Barkley. I'll take Taylor. Okay. Uh, That was a tough one. How about Benny Snell? (laughs) I'll take Taylor. Okay. I mean, I guess that's kind of where the list stops. Um, yeah, I stop yeah, listening guys, after after Henry. I stop listening because well, you got to throw a guy like Miles Sanders in there. You got to throw. Uh, I would take Taylor. I mean, Joe and, Joe Mixon in there, I guess. Yeah, I would take Taylor. I, I think I'd take Taylor right right with Chubb too right now. And Chubb, that, I forgot about Chubb. Yeah, and I think I might actually bump Henry back in front of him now that I know I have enough names to still get Taylor in the top ten. So. Yes, but I mean it's close. It, there's a lot of good running backs, so that that's tough. But um, so ten ten might be bold then. Yeah, I mean, I, I I said yes. I mean, now that but then I went down and read the list. I'm like, man, which one of these guys is is he gonna beat? Yeah. All right, who wins? Mad Dogs versus Flock. I'll take the Flock. Uh, Mad Dogs Flock. Let's see here. Love the matchup for Dak. Big, big week for him. Um, don't like DK Metcalf. Love Godwin. 
Let's go with the fuck. Quote the Raven, nevermore. Give me the flock. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. All right, Weevils versus Park. We saw Chris Carson tear up the Falcons last week. Give us an idea of what Zeke does to them this week. Yeah, I mean, he carved them up, but it was it was through the air for the most part. Yes. Um, Falcons are notoriously horrific against pass-catching running backs. Yes. And have been, have I mean, been forever. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I like that game to be just insanely high scoring. I think we saw that week one against the Seahawks where Falcons are going to be able to score, but they're, they're going to give up a ton of points as well, it looks like. Um, I, I don't see any reason to believe it's not going to be another 25-point effort for Zeke. Yeah, I mean, this is the type of matchup you just you dream about. Um, totally agree with everything Shane said. He will be in a lot of my FanDuel and DraftKings lineups. Love Zeke this week. Yeah, he was the first person I put in my FanDuel lineup this week, so I agree. <clears throat> Which means he, if we're all in that much, he struggles to get to 10. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the park. Uh, real boring question, but I looked at his lineup and I felt like we needed to talk about it. Right now he has Logan Thomas at tight end. Uh, Logan Thomas or Johnny Smith? Who would you guys play at tight end if you were the park? And do we care? Don't really care. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much a toss-up for me. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really too excited about either guy um the Tennessee offense I mean yeah Smith's gonna get some targets in the red zone but I mean they're gonna feed Henry the ball 30 times and say let's let's try to win by a field goal um so I'm not not too excited about Johnny Smith like he was really hyped up in the beginning of the year Logan Thomas I watched that whole game I just same thing I mean not too not too excited about him Logan Thomas feels like the poor man's Jordan Reed I just I just can't get behind it. Miss that guy. Uh, I'm gonna go with Johnny Smith just because he's got a badass name. <clears throat> yeah, I think Johnny Smith has to be has to be the play. Um, so I think that's uh, that's the move there. Bonus question for the park: Does he need to be worried about his quarterback? To catch you guys no. up on who his quarterback is, it's Thomas F. Brady. Yeah, the F stands no, I, for. I, I, I look at Bull quick, and it was Stafford. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> so we're not worried about Tom. No. And his co- and his co- and his coach calling him out. He needs more grit. <clears throat> you you think calling out Tom Brady is a bad thing? Well, he, I think it's a good thing. He, Bill never did it. Yeah, he's had his balls cupped for the last 15 years by Bill every week, so. Yeah, you don't think that Brady got absolutely reamed out of practices saying how much he sucked? No. I do. No, I don't. Dude's mentally weak. Yeah. 
No concerns for me, not right now. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking out at the wire. You have Wentz going against the Rams. You have Garoppolo going against the Jets. Goff against the Eagles. I like all three of those plays better than both of these starting quarterbacks. I like Mitch Trubisky against the Giants. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I I, I feel like this... Tannehill against the Jaguars? Come on. No. No, I, I, I do like I do like Brady against the, the worst defense in the NFL this week. I, I think he has a bounce back week and looks good and throws two TDs plus to Mike Evans. Oh, all right. Who wins Weevils versus Park? I'll take, uh, I'll take the Park, knowing what I know now about Nick Chubb tonight. Yeah, Park off to a really hot start. AJ Green getting hurt helps. Um Mixing Chubb, putting in a nice first half here so far. We've still got nine minutes left in the second quarter. Um, he's already got 19 points out of the two. Um, that's going to be tough to come back from. Green got hurt again? Me, well, I mean, he got hurt early on. Has, has he come back on the field? I, I haven't really seen of it. Consuming yeah, he, he, he came back. He's just not, not producing. doing anything. He has one uh, catch for eight yards. So that, got, that catch got overturned. No. Um, so give me give me the park with some juicy matchups like Michael Gallup to have a big week, like we said Brady big week. Um, give me the park. Give me the park. This is the week that Diggs just feasts. I mean, he's gonna go off, and the park is gonna take that to the dub this week. All right, curtain versus franchise. <clears throat> Should Eddie be pressing the panic button on Cam Akers? Yes. Um, no. No. Um, encouraging. He got 14 carries week one, so they believe he's pretty good. Um, I don't think, to touch on what Phil said, that Malcolm Brown, I think he said earlier, that is not going to be able to carry a full workload. No, that was Mozart. I was talking about. Oh, no, okay. Uh, well, I'll double up and say I don't think Malcolm Brown's going to be able to carry a full workload. So I think Akers is a better player than Brown. I think we've seen Brown in the past be okay, but not the guy. Um, I'm, I'm still in on Akers. Yeah, I uh, I agree. This was kind of kind of what I expected it always to be for the Rams, where Mark Malcolm Brown's been on the team for five years. They trust him in pass protection. Akers did get the yep. first series on Sunday. Um, you know, and I think if Akers rips off a couple big runs in the that first drive, I think we see a completely different game script on Sunday. But um, the only concern I have for Akers is that there is a pretty good possibility that McVay is going to just run a hot hand offense all year, and that's that's always questionable. But uh, Akers will carry value this year, so it, no. yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said for what you the pass protection. I mean. I think we all we've touched on it many times. Just saying, you need to have a smart running back back there with with that quarterback playing. <laughs> yeah. You need to have someone that can help protect Goff when he's just can't get out of his own way. Um, yeah. So I mean, they, they're going to go with the guy they trust early until Akers gets some more game action. But I think he eventually takes over this job and he'll be fine. Look, I, I mean, there, there there were so many rookie running backs and second year guys in these offenses, and without a camp. We didn't really know what we were bidding on at the draft. Uh, we had some scouting reports, but you can be assured not all of them are going to pop. Cam Akers 
looked significantly worse than Malcolm Brown did on Sunday night. And I, I think you need to be concerned about that. And looking at the rest of the roster, uh, Crowder, wide receiver one, Lazard, wide receiver two, Hurst, James Robinson. I, I, I mean, this, this roster leaves a, a lot to be desired. Well, it's unfair to call Crowder wide receiver one on a team that Michael Thomas is on. So I wouldn't. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but <laughs> okay, all right, sorry. <laughs> wide receiver two Crowder, RB two Singletary, wide receiver three Lazard. Yes. Flexes Acres and Robinson leaves a lot to be desired. Let, let me clarify. All right, let's move over to the franchise. This question is just for you, Phil. On a scale of one to ten. One being Todd Gurley against you in the 2017 title game, <laughs> and ten being Todd Gurley in 2020. Give us your concern level for Mark Ingram. Guy loves talking about the past. <laughs> um, well, I mean, this is a podcast where young running backs have good weeks, and we immediately crown them top ten keepers next season. So my, my question back to you, I'll answer your question with another question, is is J.K. Dobbins already a top ten keeper pick for next season? Because we said the same thing with Chubb and he, after one week. He ended we up said the same thing that. with... Yeah, he did. We said the same thing with Chase Edmonds last year after one week. That was that was Shane. No, that was you. I, 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 I listened to the podcast. You guys were... <laughs> You guys had, had pants dropped with Chase Edmonds, and he would have been giggling to each other. That was before. That was before they signed Drake. Uh, that, 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 that's that, that's the point of a signing keeper value. Like yes, yes, things can happen in the off. When you say Ronald Jones is a second round pick, and then oh well, I didn't know they were going to acquire another running back. Yeah, they were going to because he stinks. Like that's part of what makes him a keeper option. You have to take all of that into consideration. <laughs> So is Dobbins a top 10 keeper next season already? No. I'll say yes. All right. I I say yes. (laughs) 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 Shane, answer the question. One one of Todd Gurley against Phil in the 2017 title game or Todd Gurley in 2020, 1-10, concerned for Mark Ingram? Two. Two. You're not concerned? I am concerned. Oh. Was 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 oh, I, 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 I I was a little confused. I thought you meant like how concerned should, as when Phil should have been very concerned about that about playing against. Oh no 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 no! Like the <laughs> no, like the ability of the player and you know. Yeah, uh, the ability. Then yes, yeah. then nine. Girly girly put up like seventy five points against Phil in that game. It was over at one thirty. Yes. Yeah, I, I think he should be concerned. Ingram's getting up there. I mean, I know it's one only one game, but. Um, I, I think Dobbins takes over that job by middle of the year. You're 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 telling me all those spots Zach Moss can't find a spot on that starting roster. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, like, like In- Ingram, Ingram will still have value. I mean that that team's going to be inside the ten quite a bit. So I'm he's not going to probably be worth thirty two dollars, but uh, there will be weeks where he he does enough for Tyler so that, that offense is so good that it doesn't I, I'm, I'm not concerned about Ingram I, I I think he'll be fine he's just not gonna get any of the meaningful carries or, or catches out of the backfield because Dobbins is a freaking train 
Who uh, who wins this game? Curtain versus franchise. I'll take the franchise against a hobbled curtain. Yeah. Um, obviously, we know right now franchise off to a pretty shitty start. Cream Hunt hasn't gotten on the board yet. Um, uh, I think it's going to be pretty low scoring, but give me give me the franchise close. Knowing that Kareem Hunt is delivering a goose egg, franchise wins blood of the week. What does the Kareem Hunt goose egg have to do with that? Meaning, even even despite that, oh, okay. looking down at these matchups and roster comparison, it's franchise and it's not close. All right. Uh, let's go with the game of the week. Wolves versus Ice Cream. We already know Phil's answer, but my question is, does Mike Evans bounce back this week? I yes, say I say does. no because he doesn't have to to beat that team. Um, I think the one thing he's got going for him is Brady's going to be out to prove a point this week. Um, they had a tough matchup week one. Saints are a good team. Um, he had a tough matchup with Marshawn Lattimore and was also a little banged up going into the game. Um, Carolina, much to be desired compared to New Orleans. Um, yeah, Evans gets in the end zone this week and gets back to being Mike Evans. So, Yeah, I, I think Godwin's in the concussion protocol, right? He, he is. He, he's not likely to play. And against this defense, as long as Evans suits up, He's, he's going to feast, uh, and which is why I alluded to two-plus touchdowns. I, I don't necessarily think he'll get that much, but he'll have a solid week. He's going to have to outperform Tom Brady's favorite target, Scoot Miller. So, <laughs> or, or his new favorite, O.J. Howard. How about just the... All right, I have to make this quick because we only have five minutes left to talk about the, the ice cream, but the glaring... Just incompetence of the announcing crew for the Saints Bucks game last week, talking about how he loves Scotty Miller as a slot receiver when Scotty Miller lined up exclusively outside the entire game. Like, just <laughs> incredible that they just assume that because he's white, yep. he plays because the he's slot. White. Yep. Um, yep. And I don't even want to talk about that. Just so, let's just leave it at that. So, um, the question for the ice cream, and I think we kind of answered this already too, but my question was, if Daniel Jones doesn't play well this week, should Spears be dabbling in what's a loaded uh, waiver wire QB market? <sighs> Phil alluded to the fact that he has some tough matchups uh, starting off and still was able to put up 19, so I think... Phil's answer is likely no, and I probably would tend to agree with that, but there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there that are available. Yeah, the waiver wire is pretty stacked with quarterbacks, as it usually is in our league. Um, Pretty tough start to the season here for Jones. So, I mean, I don't know that I really would want to play him the first couple of weeks here, a couple tough matchups. Um, I think after that, it it softens up in the middle towards the end of the year for him, and I think he's going to be pretty pretty good. just a tough start to the year here, so I might I might consider it this week going and going and getting someone that we talked about. I, I'd consider moving off him for this week 
and seeing if you can get somebody else. Uh, but if you can stomach it for this week and next week, I, I, I think after that the schedule opens up. But th- there's better options on the wire. And, and I know you're not really supposed to give your opponent advice, but that's that's what I would do. If I had a bench spot available, I'd pick up Wentz or Garoppolo and uh, you know put up a better week than what Daniel Jones is going to do. Just saw a promo for next Thursday's game. We have Dolphins Jags next Thursday. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I think Spears should consider playing Mr. Ryan Tannehill this week. I like Ryan Tannehill against the Jaguars. Okay. The only thing that's going to save it next week is if it's a color rush game. Is it color rush? I don't think they're doing color rush anymore, so. Oh, come on. Yeah. All right, we got three minutes. I don't think that's enough time for trivia. Um, unless it's a one-answer question. It'll be quick, but we got to pick a winner for this game. Oh, It'll yeah, be a revenge game. It's happening. It's going to be a good... It's, this is going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, I will take the Wolves. Yeah, two really good teams here. Um, just going to be high-scoring. These are two really loaded teams. I'll take the Wolves close. It's going to come down to that Patriot game, and, and I still don't really know what to make of it with RW1 against the Patriots D. Uh, if RW1 has a good game, I, I win. If he doesn't, I lose. Uh, I think he's going to have a good game because he's the best quarterback in the league. In I agree. The Wolves. All right, we got two minutes and 15 seconds for trivia, Shane. All right, just threw uh, just a quick one together just so we can get something in. Um, we didn't allude to my waiver wire pickup of the week, Mr. Frank Gore, the new starting running back for the New York Jets. <laughs> Another Frank uh, Gore trivia. <laughs> so, so Frank Gore was taken as the sixth running back in the 2005 NFL draft. That's how long he's been around. Um, I'll give you two of the names that were taken before him. The fifth running back taken was Eric Shelton, no longer around. Um, none of these guys are obviously around. Um, the fourth running back was J.J. Arrington. There were three first-round running backs taken that year. Can you name the three guys that were taken in the first round? I had a Frank Gore in 2005. Probably we were in high school. These are all well-known, and they were fairly decent NFL players. Um, Two of them have a strong connection to each other. And one of them is one of me and Kaz's favorite running backs to talk about and allude to. Ladinian Tomlinson? No, I believe he was drafted in 99 okay. or 98. Right. I think who? Uh, Cedric Benson? Cedric Benson was taken number four overall that year. God bless his soul. 20 carries for 60 yards. Mark it down. All right, 45 seconds left. The other two are the ones that have a strong connection to each other. One was taken number two overall. The other was taken number five overall. Oh. I taken number two overall. I know them. Uh, I'll give you 15 seconds, Phil, then I'm going to say the go, answer. Go ahead, now. go ahead. It's Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams. Oh, nice. That is correct. Ronnie Brown was taken number two overall. Cadillac was taken number five. You just had to give me the numbers, and I knew what it was then. 
All right. Well, thank you for listening to week two. Thank you to Phil and Shane for joining. Uh, Good luck to all of you this week, and we'll chat seven days from now.